Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the 328th episode of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Brought to you on Voice America Business Channel. Broadcasting in this eighth year across the world from our studios on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California. And this is the place where technology meets entertainment. Now, the number of people listening to this radio program and subscribing to my daily newsletter increases by the day. I hope you take note of the tips that um, you hear on this program and in the newsletter. You might recall that a year ago I talked about CRISPR, C-R-I-S-P. Are the gene editing technology when the stock was about 14 I said people go out and buy it it's now about 40 so in um, a year a year you would have tripled your money and four years ago I talked about investing in crypto and Bitcoin and even with the current slump in prices you would be 20,000 percent ahead there's now plenty of reason to invest in crypto if you haven't done so already I would be out there buying crypto today as hard as you can. This is going to be a sensational year. Incidentally, this is something interesting that I found out this morning. Brisbane Airport in Australia, now it's not a very big airport and Brisbane's not a very big town. I suppose it's got about 3 million people. But Brisbane Airport in Australia is now accepting Bitcoin in all its shopping areas. So that's interesting. But it just gives you some idea of the huge growth of crypto and Bitcoin. Speaking of the crypto collapse this week, don't slash your wrists just yet. You've probably got your friends or family saying, I told you so. It was a bubble. You shouldn't have bought it. Just ignore them. You know, just think if you'd put $100,000 into shares a year, a year ago, you'd have made about 15 grand. Like, who needs it? So um, if you listen regularly to this program or read my daily business newsletter, you'll know that I'm extremely bullish on crypto. So quite understandably, I've been copying some flack from readers and listeners this week as cryptocurrencies collapse dramatically. And only a couple of days ago, they took another hit. Now, a lot of them were down 40%. But they're coming back very strongly. So, and if you look back at the history, in 2013, Bitcoin collapsed. 2014, Bitcoin collapsed. 15, it collapsed. 16, it collapsed. 17, it collapsed. So every year for the last five or six years, it's collapsed dramatically for a very short time and then come back much stronger than it was before. So don't worry about it. Of course, also bear in mind that the Dow also had the biggest one-day loss ever, losing over 1,200 points, 5.6% in just six trading days. The S&P 500 was down 5%. And uh, it's interesting that when the stock market collapses, they say it's a pullback. But when crypto drops about the same amount, it's a collapse. (laughs) Couldn't be that it's the big guys that want the 
traditional fiat currency to succeed. Overnight on Sunday, Bitcoin hit $7,309, which was down 65% from its all-time high. Ethereum at $680 was down from a high of $1,400. And the trend continued through all the cryptos. But let me read you a headline. Cryptos collapse. This is the end. Now, that was a headline from three years ago. And what's happened since then? They've gone up a 1,000%. It didn't happen then. It's not going to happen now. So what's the problem? Why, why have we had a big downturn? Well, trading volumes across the market for, dis, uh, for digital currency have decreased since cryptomania peaked at the end of last year. All the scaredy cats have bolted. They've listened to the naysayers. But this is a much-needed break for the cryptocurrency exchanges because they have to shepherd in a new niche market into the mainstream. And this is probably giving exchanges the opportunity to catch their breath. 24-hour trading volumes, according to a coin market cap, have been in the 20 to $30 billion range since the beginning of February. And this is down from an all-time high above $70 billion set in January. The record-breaking volumes of December and early January put such intense pressure on the infrastructure of cryptocurrency exchanges and they just couldn't handle the volumes. This led to hours and then day-long outages. Many of the exchanges had to close the door to new customers and these events caused many people to get skittish. You know, they believe the naysayers, you know, if... They're called dream takers, people who are negative about everything. And if you listen to dream takers, you'll never get anywhere. Forget the dream takers, follow your own gut. There's always, for every person who says, go on, give it a go, there's 10 people who will say, ah, it's never going to work. Or I knew somebody who tried that and it didn't work. There's a million of them. They're a dime a dozen. They're what is called losers. So don't take any notice of them. Now, Kraken, a US-based exchange, was adding 50,000 new users a day at the end of December. And, uh, of course, the company witnessed a two-day outage. In order to handle the demand in the market, cryptocurrency exchanges have been extensively building out their infrastructures. And here's where the problem occurs. These upgrades require talent and that talent is in very short supply. It's a talent shortage, not a Bitcoin bear market. That's the big concern hanging over the crypto companies. Globally, the pool of talent, that is people with experience in blockchain and distributed ledger technology, is extremely limited. It's a very big challenge. And it's not only the cryptocurrency exchanges that are looking for this talent. Companies like Bitstamp and Kraken, they're looking for the same talent that all the large financial firms in the world, including the JP Morgans and the Citibanks, Citigroups, who are now beginning to use the blockchain technology. The banks are using it, the insurance companies are using it, the um, stock markets are using it, and they're all looking for blockchain experts. And there isn't many of them around. 
Bloomberg noted that the number of blockchain or cryptocurrency job postings on LinkedIn increased 400% because everybody is looking for those experts and the fewer and fewer there are and the further they are apart, the less change you're going to get quickly, the less work is going to be done quickly and that's a problem with the exchanges. So as for the crypto bear market, the market is experiencing a brief pause but there are many much more exciting times on the horizon. I don't know whether anybody remembers the David Soul song in the 70s. It was a number one record. Don't give up on us, baby. We will still come through. Remember that? Don't give up on us, baby. We'll still come through. I think that's the motto for um, crypto this coming year. Now, do you get my daily 30-second read business newsletters? We've now got about 1.7 million daily subscribers, and it takes just 30 seconds to 60 seconds to read. And every day we tackle a different subject. We talk about advances in medicine. We talk about new apps, new technology. We talk about things like Hyperloop, autonomous cars, blockchain, things like CRISPR, gene editing and protein editing. It's all the absolute latest information that you should know. Now, the newsletter is absolutely free. We do not try to sell you anything. We don't sell our database to anybody. So if you subscribe to it, you're not going to get pestered by anybody. And the information you get is absolutely invaluable. Now, if you don't get the newsletter, go to my website, bobpritchard.com, and enroll. As I said, it's absolutely free. And if you Get it and don't like it. Just simply subscribe. unsubscribe. You'll be gone in a heartbeat. You're crazy if you did. So let me tell you about what I think is a terrific initiative. Two days ago, over 66,000 people paid from $5,000 to $13,000 to stream into US Bank Stadium in Minneapolis for Super Bowl 2018, eating about 70,000 hot dogs tens of thousands of hamburgers, 160,000 beers, a multitude of coffees, and there are only a few of the over 100 different choices of food. For decades, the Super Bowl has existed at the apex of brawny Americanism. Everything from the food to the game runtime is about excess. But underneath all of the pageantry, there is around 40 tons of trash left at the end of the day. 40 tons, that's a hell of a lot of trash. And in previous years, the majority of waste generated by the Super Bowl crowd would end up in a landfill. But this year, the NFL, along with the US Bank Stadium, the Minnesota Sports Facilities Authority, food service proprietor Amarac, and sponsoring company PepsiCo teamed up to host the first ever zero waste Super Bowl. You think about it, 40 tonnes of waste, that's a bloody big undertaking, isn't it? So the coalition began planning for this effort last summer and well in excess of 90% of that 40 tonnes, like food containers and paper, 
is either recycled or composted. The remaining non-recyclable plastics were carted to a local waste-to-energy incinerator. To get the initiative called Rush to Cycle up and operating on game day, the sponsoring companies hired around 200 local students who, along with a team of volunteers from PepsiCo, served as project ambassadors at the stadium. You know, they were stationed around bins informing visitors as to what can be composted or recycled or thrown in the trash. And these are the sort of tactics that are needed in the US in general. You know, it takes proper infrastructure, which means the right bins and proper signage and education. And that infrastructure, along with paid student ambassadors, made up the bulk of the cost for the initiative. We tried Pepsi, but Pepsi declined to make public what that cost was. But making sure those extra bins were actually filled required other tweaks throughout the stadium. Aramark, in advance of the game, converted over 70 different products from draft beer cups to nacho trays to portion cups for cheese sauce to combustible ver- combo- compostable versions made by Eco Products. This was, for instance, it was the first Super Bowl to feature peanuts sold in compostable bags. They sell a lot of peanuts too. The Rush to Recycle team also ran a social media campaign in advance of the game and videos with recycling tips aired through the Super Bowl. Former NFL player and Rush to Cycle Ambassador Heinz Ward rallied fines and handed out prizes throughout. Now, while certainly an improvement over landfill Super Bowls of the past, this year's initiative was still not emissions-free. Waste-to-energy incinerators can be an iffy resolve for non-recycling plastics because the carbon emissions still damage the climate. But even still, it's a big improvement over landfill. And instead of partnering with local community gardens or organisations that could benefit from direct donations of the compost, food scraps and compostables will be carted to an industrial composting site. Leftover food and bulk ingredients were carted to Second Harvest Heartland, which is a food bank in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area that distributes to local pantries and kitchens. So, fundamentally, if this great all-American event can improve embrace composting and recycling and recycle something like 98% of the huge amount of waste generated, perhaps that's going to set a new bar for the zero waste effort at major events right across the world. Imagine the waste in Seoul at the Olympic Games this week. It's going to be frightening. I wonder if they've got a zero waste policy. I hope they have. Now, today's guest after the break is Vincent Dignan. He's a writer. He's a growth hacker. He's a part-time comedian. He is a great guy. And he went from being on welfare and benefits to launching websites which received millions of visitors, getting into tech stars, giving 100 talks across the world on growth hacking. His... Um, 
fast-paced to say the least, extremely practical talk, was voted best workshop at South by Southwest Vision 2 Venture Conference in Las Vegas a couple of years ago. He's a really good guy. He was living in England. He's now living in Los Angeles. And I'll be back with my friend from Metal, Vincent Dignan, after this short break on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show from Hollywood, California, where technology meets entertainment. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Business Show, where over the last five years, we've given you insights into the lives of over 300 of the world's most interesting business people. We talk about what they do, what their successes are, And basically what we try to do is find out what makes them tick. You know, it's extremely difficult to create a successful business and we all need all the help that we can get. And that's why it's important to listen to shows like these and uh, listen to the experts, what they do, what they've done so that you can emulate them and not make the same mistakes that many people have made before you. The other thing I think that's important and that we stress all the time is the need to have mentors. You need to surround yourself with people who will give you straight advice, people who have been successful before and will tell you exactly the way it is, not people who will go and, you know, patronise you and tell you a whole bunch of bullshit just to make you feel good. You need people that will give you really serious advice. Every business, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a dry cleaning store or you're developing a new app, we all face the same challenges, And we all start off with a dream, we persevere, we overcome obstacles, and about 2 to 5% of people are successful. Many entrepreneurs try to do it on their own because of a lack of contacts, often because of a lack of money, uh, networks they usually don't have. Um, But most people who try that approach fail. And this is perfect for me because one of the areas in which I am very weak, is in the social media area. Um, and uh, I went along to Metal, where I'm a member. I go every week that I can. Uh, I saw a guy named Vincent Dignan, who 
absolutely blew away a room full of the smartest guys in tech. Metal is made up of people in the media, entertainment and technology business who are all absolutely at the top of their game. There's billionaires and millionaires and hundreds of millionaires and it's an unbelievable group. And Vincent just knocked them out, put them on their ass. It was unbelievable. So um, I've tracked down Vincent in uh, in London. This guy's a one-man wrecking crew. He's incredible. So I'll give you a bit about him. He's um, a writer, a growth hacker. He's a part-time comedian. He's actually quite funny. But his content's unbelievable. He went from being on welfare to launching websites which received millions of visitors, getting into tech stars and giving 100 talks on growth hacking across the world just this year. Now, we who are speakers, um, you know, it's hard to get 20 jobs, far less 100. Um, His past face extremely practical talk was voted best workshop at South by Southwest Vision, um, Vision to Venture Conference in Las Vegas. He's a world-renowned speaker on growth hacking, personal branding, content marketing, and crowdfunding. Now listen to this. Vincent founded PlanetIvy.com and ScrewRobot.com, and they've received nearly 20 million page views without any paid marketing spend. And... uh, content that he's overseen for other people has received over 150 million page views so far. This guy is extraordinary. Vincent, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Hello, it's a pleasure to be here. So I wish you were here. I bet you I bet you wish you were in Los Angeles rather than being in London. <laughs> Man, I have to turn the fire on here in London. Six o'clock in the afternoon. It's getting cold in here. <laughs> yeah. um, your online magazine, Planet Ivy, um, I saw it described as a pinch of toilet humour, a bit of tongue-in-cheek, a mix of satire and a dash of poetic excellence and licence. And it's done extraordinarily well. How did you come up with the idea and, and how did it develop so quickly into such a huge success? I was speaking to my ex and she said I had to do something. So I thought, well, what I actually like doing is writing. So I was thinking about maybe doing a Tumblr blog. I was like, ah, there's just not really much money in doing a Tumblr blog. So then that night I had a dream that I would create an online magazine where the writers would be stars instead of musicians. And the next day I registered the domain planetivy.com because I wanted something cool that maybe Little Wayne would wear on a t-shirt. And then um, step one was direct sales. I got on the phone. I called up every university in the country and I said, I'm building the coolest magazine in the UK do you want to write for it? So I would, I would have to get job ads out on student places. Yeah. So I said, I can't pay you, but I'll give you editorial feedback and a bigger platform than your own blog. So right. that was the first 100, 200 writers just uh, hustling because I knew there'd be a demand to do that because back then in 2012, there really wasn't that many places to blog. There wasn't uh, something with massive outreach like Medium around. So we quickly scooped up a lot of writers and I straight away uh, focused entirely on traffic. So 
Business lesson number one, you only need to do well at one metric, particularly if you're running a venture capital driven business. Right. I only knew one friend in the entire magazine industry and I cycled over to meet her and I said, um, so you're in the magazine industry, I don't know anything, what should I do? And she said, just focus on getting traffic. If you get traffic, brands will want to work with you and you'll get investment. So that's what we did. The brand name was okay, the website looked okay, in fact it didn't look actually that good. The content was okay, but we really hammered down on traffic. Straight out the gate, we were looking for places that would give us traffic, and we actually had 25,000 visitors in our second week. We had a post blow up, um, me and my co-founder, we just had no idea about. Um, it blew up, we got 25,000. Within six months, we had 300,000 visitors a month. We had 300,000 visitors a month, three months running, and that's when we pitched for funding. And then someone who just left Facebook was in the audience randomly, saw us, introduced us to free investors, and then two of them put a quarter million dollars in. It really was that simple. <laughs> yeah, that simple, yeah, right. <laughs> so, I, I, when, when I meet people now who are doing online magazines, they are, I do think this is really, really hard um, to do again. We, like, at some points, it was something that could only happen now. Um, right. It used to be a lot easier to get traffic from Google, Twitter, and Facebook than it is now. Facebook didn't have the stranglehold over the world and over monetization. It's very hard now to get uh, an ad-driven business money because your targeting will never be as good as Facebook. So there were a few things going on which meant that you know we were in the right place at the right time. But I generally tell people who are building content businesses, uh, have your content businesses live on other platforms. For me, the best content business of recent times is News Now. They don't have a website. Uh, now this news. They only exist on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, on the places people are already, and they produce content natively for those platforms, and then people pay them for uh, advertorials and sponsor content. That would be my advice for anyone building an, uh, a content-driven business. You have to be big on these other platforms and just get the audience there. Don't try and drag them onto your website. Right. Um, let me just paint a picture for somebody who's listening. Um, <laughs> When you first see Vincent, he is unusual to say the least. He's quite tall and thin. He wears a clothes that are an absolute kaleidoscope of, of colour, um, boots that look like they should be worn on the on Mars, and he, he is just this dynamo. Have you always been like that? Have you always had this bent to be a deliverer of fantastic content, but really a performer as well? I used to dress somewhat like that, like five, six years ago. And then when I started the VC game, um, trying to get money for venture capitalists, and I got into the Techstars Accelerator, I had to smarten up. So I kind of like had a period where I didn't do it. And then over time, I was like, oh, maybe I can dress a little more like this. And then David Bowie died in January, and my mum gave me a couple of magazines, you know, to commemorate the passing of yeah. the Finn White Duke. And I was looking through them in, in January this year, and I was thinking, am I really living up to the spirit of Bowie? And I, I think the answer was no, so I invented this whole new look. 
Um, I'd never worn the gold sneakers before. I'd never worn the multicolored fur jacket before. Um, so I invented this look from head to toe. And then my very first day of the hundred of the what well, my third or fourth day of the world tour was in Austin, Texas, where I wore it for the first time. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it went down really well. And uh, I've kept it literally every day since. One of the rules of fame: never break a character. It is if you're going to the laundrette, you dress like this. Yeah, you know, I, if you're going to get groceries, you dress like this. <laughs> it, it can't be something you put on occasionally. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> but it's unbelievable. It, it really creates an impression. Um, so how did you go from being on welfare to where you are now, running around the world speaking, addressing every major conference there is? How did, how did you make that transition? How did you get the confidence to go usually when people are on welfare they're despondent they've you know got more hang-ups than a dry cleaner how did you sort of break that well so uh, planet ivy well the, the answer of course is money um planet ivy um gave uh, my company a quarter million dollars and the first thing i did was pay myself three months in advance. I pay myself a very low wage at Planet Ivy, like all founders. Yep. But uh, I, the day it came in, I paid myself three months in advance. So I, meant, I went from a minus $3,000 to plus <laughs> 2000 or so overnight. I was like, wow, the power of money. And when you don't have to worry about money, um, it's really easy to focus in on yourself and your goal, yes. which is one reason that I think a lot of these productivity gurus uh, and all these people who make money online guys kind of miss out. Uh, if people if people can't meet their rent or they can't look after their family, it's really hard to get them to focus on building sure. a business. It's really hard. So, for instance, I caused uh, mayhem this week with a post that I did that said, look, here's a, here a method anyone can make money with literally this week. And it is join all the fan clubs of rock bands who are touring arenas certainly in the UK, um, and get the pre-sale tickets and then buy and then sell them on eBay and secondary sites like Get Me In uh, and Seatwave as soon as they go live on mainstream sale. So for instance, I said, here is a link to Coldplay. You can get their pre-sale tickets using an American Express card and sell them for 2x their value. I was wrong when I put that. You can put them up to 240x as Adele did. Anyway, I put it online and said, look, anyone who wants to make money can focus on their startup, do this. Half the people said, this is brilliant, I can do it, and the other half said, this is wrong. Um, and then people were saying they don't have the growth mindset. So in short, um, getting that investment money was the turning point. Um, like Before that, I just had a focus that I had to do it because I had no choice. Right. And um, if you think that a lot of entrepreneurs like me, they have, actually have similar stories. All of us were broke um, in some form or another. I think it's uh, that Damon John, I think the guy from Shark Tank, yep. uh, calls it the power of broke. Yep. It's actually very similar amongst many, many self-made entrepreneurs. Um, we've all been broke, so we all have that desperation. And I think it's really important to have that desperation and then turn it into inspiration. So so that's really where the turning of the Planet Ivy. Planet Ivy then raised a small second round when it got into the Techstars Accelerator. And then after the Techstars Accelerator, we then launched a marketing agency, which uh, was all the skills I learned in making things go viral turned into an agency. And that was uh, profit generating from day one. So I launched that 
And then last year, uh, I realized by accident the power of public speaking to meet new clients. And then I started doing that and started getting a lot of new clients. And then this year, um, I'm just having fun with it. Yeah. If if, If you're listening out there and are looking for an unbelievable speaker, (laughs) <laughs> apart from me um, Vincent, Vincent is your boy he is extraordinary now you speak about your five biggest regrets from your time building a company um, mm-hmm. albeit the fact that you were successful almost instantly what, what are the five biggest regrets <laughs> if you have them written down on a blog article I've written I'd like to have them read back to me um, five biggest regrets um well, firstly, none, because they got me to where I am now. Yeah. Um, other things that would have helped, uh, you mentioned having a mentor. Believe it or not, I'd never had a mentor until two and a half weeks ago. All right, okay. <laughs> never had a mentor, and now I have two, and they're both amazing, and I can see how powerful it is. And I'm, yeah, I've read a lot of books and you know had those virtual sure. mentors. But yeah, number one would be having a mentor. Um, number two would be uh, ignoring Facebook for Planet Ivy. So we, it was increasing all the time, but because we were getting so much traffic from everywhere else on the web, and we were getting some Facebook, we kind of willfully ignored it. And every publisher has been successful. Their only traffic source really has been Facebook. Yeah. So I think it's one thing with entrepreneurs, they, they generally know what they need to do, but they don't always do it. And that was a case of that. Um, uh, I, I don't really do regrets. Can I just end the question there? <laughs> yeah, sure you can. Do you have- I, I, I mean, I, I really can't complain. You know, uh, when I left our metal talk, I went to Ty Lopez mansion party. Um, which was exactly like an American hip-hop video. There was like rappers walking around, trap music, girls in bikinis jumping in the pool and twerking. Uh, I met loads of internet marketer guys and like came up with loads of new ideas for making money. I met Ty Lopez. Uh, It was just amazing. Um, So I can't really complain. And yeah, like on my tour itinerary next, I have two dates in Italy. Switzerland, Bulgaria, and then I'm coming back to Canada and America. I really don't have all that many regrets. No, I can I can understand <laughs> that. <laughs> of course, most of these things you can only do here, can't you? I mean, the opportunities in the United States compared with, yeah. say, Australia and the UK are extraordinary. And yeah. uh, I guess that's why so many people come over here. Um, you've got a lot of projects that you that you're working on. Does most of that work come from your public speaking now? Um, A lot of it until very recently um, where I'm actually moving a lot of it online because I'm just continually have people saying, I can't come see you. When is it live streamed? When is it online? Plus it's um, just a a nice thing to do to keep everyone worldwide uh, who can't afford to get to my talks to come out. So I'm actually moving a lot of what I'm doing online now. Um, I built my first online community, so Traffic and Copy is the group on Facebook. It's like 10 weeks old and has 5,500 members. Super active community, and it's very strictly um, people talking about tips for better traffic and better copywriting. So it has a function. And it's going really well building that community online. I'm going to start building out my mailing list 
podcast and a personal Facebook page. So I am building a empire online. Uh, like so far, I've done it a very traditional way, just by speaking and getting face-to-face connections, yes. which is obviously extremely powerful. Um, but it's uh, there's so, only one of me and yeah, I'm trying slow. to scale yeah. worldwide. Yeah. So if if somebody, um, I'll give another plug at the end. But if if somebody wants to lock into your empire which what's the best site to go to um i i really add me on facebook as a friend i pretty much accept everyone and join traffic and copy my facebook group um you know a mailing list is a very one-way communication i mail you you read it maybe you reply once in a hundred times but traffic and copy every single day there's posts in there that are super relevant and discussions going on people hiring each other so that's like a really active uh, community and everyone from the top CEO to the youngest intern is online all day on Facebook. So no one escapes Facebook. It's the best way to build a community for your business um, and that's the best way to keep in touch. Um, if, you have, if you do Facebook well, you don't need any other social networks. So traffic and copy, is that as it sounds? Is it A-N-D-T-R-A-F-F-I-C and copy? Okay, so... Listeners, go to Traffic and Copy. So what's the main piece of advice? Now, you've come from, from nowhere, but what's the main piece of advice you'd give someone who's just starting out? You know, you, I'm sitting here, I've got a great idea. Now what do we do? So the first thing you need to understand is sacrifice. So you, um, if you're single, you may have to be single for a long time. If you're in a relationship, they're going to have to be very understanding. The easiest thing to do is stop drinking alcohol. Um, that is a very easy thing to stop doing in order to increase your productivity. You know, if I tell you to focus better, well, there's all sorts of things in there. You may have sleep apnea, you may be vitamin D deficient, um, you may have the signs of ADHD. Like, there's so much can go wrong with focus, but just not drinking alcohol is easy. Um, Slightly more difficult, but well worth doing is eating better. So avoiding carbs and sugar and eating more natural food. Um, Once you've done these basics, then I would start to talk about strategy and techniques. Um, at which point it's a case of building something people want. This is the main reason most companies fail. Uh, When you have an idea, you need to be able to write down 15 to 20 people who will buy it right now. If you can't do that, you are really in trouble, not least because you don't know who your target audience is. Uh, Once you have that, get a minimum viable product out the door. So what's the minimum amount you could put in of effort that people would buy it? So that's typically a landing page. Say if you're interested in buying this product, leave your email here or even better, um, we will sell it to you when it comes out. Leave your credit card here. Um, Then you establish demand. Then you can put that money or effort into building the product. So you would advise to um, bootstrap for as long as you can? Yeah, absolutely. You'll, you'll get a better valuation. Um, if investors are looking for you, then that's a fantastic position to be in. Generally speaking, almost everyone looks for investment too early. My co-founder had to sit me down at Nando's, a very classy Portuguese restaurant, yep. and explain to me why we had to get investment because it would it would make us go a lot faster. But uh, I, I held out for as long as possible. And we were at 300,000 visitors a month. 
I see so many founders who are nowhere near that or any sort of traction, um, and they're already out looking for investment. The worst thing is, investors meet everyone. That's, it's the easiest job in the world to be an investor. You just have meetings with people. Um, and most investors will, will take meetings if you have an interesting idea, just in case you suddenly spike and get loads of users, and they've built a relationship with you. Yeah. Likewise, when we started Planet Ivy, we started getting meetings with huge companies really quickly because they always want to keep an eye on just in case you blow up. So a complete waste of everyone's time. So be very wary of chasing money too early. Right. So there are some hacks and tools that anyone can use today um, to get an advantage. Mm-hmm. What are they? So Charlie App, type in charlieapp.com, type in anyone's email address and you can find all the public information about them on the internet. Sure. So every blog post or their LinkedIn or their company news. So you can, if you meet someone, say, oh, I'm a big fan of this sports team. And they'll be like, what? That's my sports team. You'll be like, yes, we are friends. But you don't really like that sports team. You just found out that they did first and you have that common ground. It also works really well for dates. Get their email address, find that information about them, and then use it against them. Number two, Email Hunter. Type in any company's web address, and you'll find all of the public email addresses of people who work at that company. So if you want to sell to a company, you don't know where to begin, do that. If you're doing B2B selling, then you don't want to be cold emailing people if you only have like 50 or 60 leads. What you want to do is get a warm intro. You do that through Discoverly, discover.ly. Go to anyone's Facebook profile and see all the LinkedIn friends you have in common or vice versa. And with this, you can then ask for warm intros to close them. To keep all your leads in one place, use Streak. It's a Google Chrome tool. And you can keep a track on all of your sales. Every time a sales lead emails you, you tick a box and it goes in this flow. And if you email someone and they don't get back to you, you can use Rebump. If you email them and there's no reply, it will email them every four days forever. <laughs> V-bump. Okay. V-bump, yeah. V, v with a V or re uh, uh, for um, redonkulous. <laughs> R-E, okay. Yeah. Rebump. Yeah. So <laughs> if, you're, um, if you want to get an advantage, you use charlieapp.com, email yeah. hunter, Discoverly, Streak, yeah. and Rebump. So I yeah, I mean, I could, if you look me up on YouTube, I, I give like 55 of these in one of my talks. But yeah, those are five really good ones that pretty much anyone can use. Okay. What, um, what are the major trends that are going to happen in marketing and employment worldwide in the next, say, five years or so? Nice. Um, I believe that internet marketing is going to be absolutely massive. Now, by that, I don't mean marketing on the internet. I mean the practice of creating a value ladder. A value ladder is when you give out free content, so in blog posts or emails or Facebook groups, then you have an upsell to a small price product and then you have an upsell to a bigger price product. It's like when your dentist calls you in for a free checkup and then they say, well, now actually you need braces and a retainer and then there's a massive upsell there. But uh, with the continuing trend of people losing their jobs and those jobs not being replaced um, and wages not going up, more people are going to work for themselves and they're going to need a business model. Now, as we've seen with musicians and entertainers, People should not try and manage themselves, especially if they're creative. You know, there's too many moving parts. But with internet marketing, it's very simple. All you have to do is create content. 
you create content for free and then a certain percentage of people will pay uh, a bigger price for your next content. Using something like ClickFunnels, it's really, really easy to have the software. So all you need to do all day is create that content. So you want to do a parenting blog or a cooking healthy food blog and you have an upsells to the ultimate 15 minute recipes that no one will talk about or something. You can always upsell to something else. Right. And I really believe that worldwide, it's going to be a massive, massive trend. And um, more in the short term, the best place to build community right now is with Facebook groups. Right. They're different to Facebook pages in that when you invite someone into a Facebook group, they're in it by default. They don't get to opt out. So you can invite all of your friends and your co-founder invites all their friends and that group will have like a thousand people in it in day one. And then groups are communities that grow around you. So it's not just you posting, it's other people. So you can get a really strong community around an idea so you're not just please come to our website and buy stuff. You can have discussions going on around your product. So Facebook groups and internet marketing are two areas I think will be massive as time goes on. What's the biggest challenge you've ever faced? The biggest challenge I ever faced? Um, I, I don't know if uh, I have faced, I don't think I've faced it yet. Uh, being homeless, being homeless would have been a challenge. Yeah, that was, very stressful. Um, I, 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 I'm trying to think of a particular moment. Um, I guess the time that I had to go back and ask my parents to borrow money for rent, because psychologically that is an indication that you as a child has failed. You know, you move out of your parents sure. and then the idea is you can support yourself. So, you know, in the eyes of society, that was a very bad thing. So that was like, I think that was the hardest thing I had to do. And then, um, you know, it, it was fine and uh, I got back and then not too long after that. That was, that was like a couple of weeks after Planet Ivy was born, so that was real early. That, I really think that was one of the hardest moments. Okay, so um, the persona that you see on stage, that yeah. extrovert, rapid fire, um, colourful David Bowie character, is that, um, do you wake up in the morning like that or are you, when the lights go on, you snap into character? Well, there's a performative aspect to it, but I am an ambivert. So an ambivert is equally at home, staying at home alone for long periods, right. and then being in front of thousands of people speaking. So all that's happening when I'm on stage is I am saying things that I have learned on my laptop. You know, that's really all, all there is to it. People say it's amazing. It's really just two, three, four years at that laptop. Here's what I've learned in 30 minutes. So they are one and the same, really. Um, I have the same attitudes and beliefs uh, off stage that I do on, and I never uh, support anything I don't believe in. I also write, at the time of writing this, I may change this, um, I don't have any affiliates for any of the products that I talk about on stage, mm. because what happens if someone offers me a big affiliate fee to talk about something that I don't actually like or use, then that affects my integrity. Yep. So right now, I, I don't, yeah, I don't have affiliates for all of the thousands and thousands of people who see my slides right now. Um, yeah, I, I try and keep it as authentic um, as I can, 
and I always try and have fun with that. Vincent, when I saw you at Metal, I, you blew me away, and as well as everybody else in the group. And, and uh, believe me, they're a, they're a group that have seen absolutely everybody and everything, and you are really something special. So thanks very much for speaking with me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, you can, yes. you can learn more about Vincent. You can go directly to vincentdignan.com. Um, yep. V-I-N-C-E-N-T-D-I-G-N-A-N.com. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show straight after this short break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking absolutely no bullshit business radio show on Voice America Business Network. Now, the opportunities for small business and entrepreneurs are going to be fantastic in 2018. There's more money swishing around the planet now than there ever has been in history. And uh, now's the time to go out and grab it. You know, we're talking today and uh, there's something like $30 Dollars swishing around the world every single day. And uh, if you can't go out and get a good slice of that, I mean, you think, if you want to make $10,000 a week, that's $10,000 out of hundreds of trillions of dollars that are floating around the world. If you can't grab $1 in every 10000 or 20000 or million, or then you're really doing something wrong. So I'm convinced it's going to be a fantastic 2018, but I think there might be a big correction in 2019. I think uh, we're due for a correction, so I think it'll be a big one. So make it this year, and then you can just ride next year through. So please continue to listen and keep the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, the number one business radio show in the world for entrepreneurs. This week, we're broadcasting, as usual, from Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California, and this is where entertainment meets technology. Now, it was only a matter of time until Amazon tried their hand at one of, if not the most complicated industries on the planet, and one that's absolutely ripe for disruption, and I'm talking about the healthcare industry. You know, healthcare is a problem no matter where you go in the world. I mean, here in America, we talk about the problems we have with healthcare, but if you go to Australia and you pick up a newspaper, it's all about the problems with healthcare. You go to the UK, the newspapers, all about problems with healthcare. So every country in the world has yet to get a grip on the healthcare issue, and so it's time for disruption. Well, this week, Jeff Bezos, who runs Amazon, arguably the most successful company in the history of the planet. He's teaming up with a real nerd herd of corporate kings in uh, Berkshire Hathaway and J.P. Morgan. 
to launch an independent healthcare company. Now, this company is aimed at providing cheaper coverage to the nearly one million people that work for those three organisations. But this is nothing new. Major corporations from Walmart to Caterpillar have tried for years and years and years to tackle the high costs and complexity of healthcare, with none of them succeeding. And they've grown increasingly frustrated as, as Congress has sort of screwed around with the issue and not been able to come up with a solution and created massive um, deadlock in the Congress. So it's, the, it's probably the thorniest issue in private industry. And it's really important because 151 million Americans get their health insurance from an employer. So this announcement that um, Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway and JP Morgan were launching an independent healthcare company came like a thunderclap to the market. It sent stocks for insurers and other major health companies tumbling. Shares of healthcare companies like United Health and Anthem plunged, dragging down the broader stock market. And that weakness reflects the strength of the new entrants. The partnership brings together Amazon, which is been known for disrupting major industries. Berkshire Hathaway, the holding company led by billionaire investor Warren Buffett and JP Morgan Chase, the largest bank in the United States by assets. And how big a headache does this represent for traditional US healthcare providers? Within the first two hours of the announcement, the market of the 10 largest healthcare and insurance and pharmacy stocks dropped by 30 billion dollars. Now, major disruptions taken place in many industries. Think of Skype and Apple and Wikipedia and Amazon and Uber and Netflix and Airbnb and blockchain and artificial intelligence and a whole bunch more. With a continuing rise of corporate healthcare costs, way ahead of CPI increases, the industry has been ripe for a shake-up over the past few years. So will Amazon hospitals soon be a thing? Are we going to start picking up medicine at Whole Foods? Is Jeff Bezos really a miracle worker? His performance at Amazon has really been extraordinary, but this might be his toughest challenge yet. So stay tuned. Now remember, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. It's easier and much more rewarding to do the impossible than do the ordinary. Anybody can do the ordinary. You don't want to be ordinary. It's the last thing you want to be. It's better to aim for the stars and miss than it is to aim for the gutter and succeed. And if you're always trying to be normal, you'll never know how amazing you can be being a little bit off centre. So I hope you can join me again next Tuesday when I'll again be broadcasting from Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California. In the meanwhile... Continue to be successful because the alternative to success 
really sucks. This is Bob Pritchard. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.